Don't worry, they're fine. You can't crush the soul here. That's what life on Earth is for. That's right, people, and welcome back to Films of Amigos. Today we're journeying to the great before as we discuss life, cats and pizza with Pixar's Christmas Day release, Soul. And joining myself as usual, Sam, Big Dan and the Amigo himself, Francis Lee. Welcome back, everybody, and Happy New Year to anybody listening to this in the old great year of 2021. And if you're listening to this in 10 years' time, this is probably the year that it got even worse. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably the year that the road has begun, the wastelands. (laughs) Lockdown part, part two. Yeah. Lockdown 86. Cool. The trilogy. I think. Uh, sorry, brother. What are you going to say? I was going to say just as we speak, protesters are on the uh, the Capitol building in the US. <laughs> just for a bit of context. <laughs> they could literally nice. be protest- protesting any of the twenty five million things that have happened in the last year. <laughs> anyway, dark times, but. There's always always some uh, cheery films to cheer everybody up. Enter Pixar's new release, Soul. I think um, it's just worth saying on this podcast, unlike all the other films we reviewed, spoilers alert, this is fresh. It's only been out, um, what is it, from two weeks? It's about, yeah, about two weeks. So it's definitely a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the film, uh I think all the amigos would agree that you watch, go back and watch the film on Disney Plus, then listen to this review. But if you don't mind having spoilers, you know, keep on board. Red, oh red, oh red, oh red. Fran, do you wanna do you wanna explain why you picked Soul? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I uh, I thought I go for Soul because one, it's it's new. Um, we've not done a new review, especially one that's it's really relevant. Um, and it's just come out, especially one that came out at a time when everybody else was, or everybody was off, just you know enjoying the the Christmas period and stuff. And also, it's a Pixar film, so it's the first animated film that we've uh, we've all sat down to watch and then review. So Fair that's play. it. Yeah. Fair play. So in- interesting cast: Jamie oh, yeah. Fox, Graham Norton, Richard. Uh, Ad- yeah. Is it and Tina Fey? Is it Tina Fey yeah, that t- plays twenty two? Yeah, very big mix. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't have told, been able to tell you half of those people without looking them up on IMDb. Yet every <laughs> yeah. is very familiar. It's just one of those things, isn't it? I think Pixar uh, do tend to do that. with like, especially like the Graham Norton and Richard Iwadi equivalent. I can sort of remember from like Shrek two days when it was um, 
well, just like when they put like well-known people from that region in, I don't. They must just like cycle through them for for different different regions. But like Shrek Two had Jonathan Ross and Jennifer Saunders, which was always a bit weird. <laughs> and these yeah, two definitely no, stand out in this as as a bit of a weird one. I just yeah. thought it's Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey because they were on like opening credit thing, and that's it. That's all I got of it. <laughs> I look, IMDb I looked, reveals more. Yeah, I looked wait. up on IMDb and I saw Graham Norton. I was like, "Ooh, wait, who does Graham Norton play?" And I was like, <laughs> just rewatching it, and I was like, "Oh, he plays Moonwind, who's like in like sixty percent of the film." <laughs> With um, Richard Diode, they should have just had him superimposed on the screen because I could just like imagine him. I didn't see his character. I just saw Richard Diode. Oh, my point. Did you just see um, Moss? Ma- yeah, I saw Moss from IT Crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jen. I thought that one not a bad impression. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Get one impression. If anybody was not seen IT Crowd, and that's just a complete, complete load of nonsense. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to summarise the plot, Fran? Um. It'd be a spoiler, wouldn't it? But um, basically, yeah, Jamie Fox is a long-time uh, band teacher, um, and he's basically—you've oh, you, got it wrong already, man. You, you, you're killing this man. He's a long-time jazz musician. Okay, reluctant teacher. Reluctant, reluctant teacher. teacher. Middle school teacher. Ah, oh, yes, that's that's better. Band teacher. Yeah, he's a middle school teacher, and he's—I um, think he's fed up in his his ways so he's he's looking to get out and get back into doing what he loves which is jazz um so he's got like a, an interesting cast of uh kids that have got varying skills of musical instrument um abilities but um yeah he's he's basically given his big break um by a friend Niles barkley um and yeah on his happily merrily way um back to his house he, he basically tumbles and then he's yeah, he goes into the great beyond and the, the story yeah, proceeds from there. Anyway, that was a quick summary of the plot. But what I really liked about the uh, the actual intro is that out of tune music that they've got for like the the logos and stuff in the credits. I don't know if anybody else were. No, yeah, like the, the, the Disney theme paper. Yeah, and I just thought that was an awesome lead into like the classroom and Jamie Foxx's like slight frustration at people just not getting it. Um, and then when he sat there on the piano and he's like, "Look, this is what it's all about," and he starts to go off into his um, into like his own world and, and playing off on this tune, and the kids are just like, "No, we don't get it." But yeah, but the, the, but, the, but the intro, the intro uh, Disney Disney theme music, whatever. That's 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 not done bad. It's just jazz and it's offbeat. Yeah. <laughs> no, for all no. the for, for all you musicians musicians out there. 
offbeat jazz. <laughs> the music, the music's good though all the way through the film. There's yes. like there's there's varying points how they how they use how they use like the jazz beats and they kind of put that fast tempo on it at moments where they're trying to build things up and. Um, I'm trying to remember there's some specific points. So I watched the the films. So the films that we've got coming up this this month, I watched them in a an odd order. So I watched um, Whiplash before this, before I rewatched this, and both of them have a similar style in terms of like scenes being played up with the music and it's like you had just mentioned there, Sam, about the background with the um, you know up tempo music used to speed stuff along, and like used as like almost like a plot device. And like bridging like two scenes together and stuff, and I just think it's like it's really well done. Yeah, but laugh for me, I can't remember any specific examples. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's oh, like it's no, I do, cuts. I do, I've got it, I've got it, bro, I've got it, I've got go, it. Go, it's, go, go. it's when Joe finds out that he's got the opportunity to play for Dorothea Williams and he's on phone to his friend and he's dodging all the things that could potentially kill him. <laughs> the music's like, like it get, that gets like the, the really upbeat, um, up, like the tempo increases and it's like that like jazzy, jazzy, like low beat all the time. And he's kind of just dodging cars and then the bricks nearly fall on him and all that kind of stuff. And then the music cuts when he falls down the manhole. Yeah. And it's just, it's so well done. I also quite like how at the beginning of the film is almost like what I've just got here. It's like the reverse plot of other like triumph movies where normally being given the the full time contract and not having to worry about being part time and stuff is at the end like I'm just plucking it out as an air, but like pursuit of happiness and stuff where the lead up is to get into that position and having a regular income because that's what that other teacher just says to him: "Are oh, you don't have to worry about it now, Joe? This is it. This is your opportunity." But then she kind of like sours it a little bit by saying you're here forever and it's like oh shit that kind of like resonates with Joe and he's like oh, I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life yeah we're going to say that we're quite a, quite a sad insight into your life that you thought that the securing, <laughs> securing the job and the, and the pension package was was the you missed the point of the film Fran it's not about selling out <laughs> I mean it, it I mean, before we go into any more details about the film, it's it's the classic, it's the classic Pixar play on adult emotions disguised as a kid film. I mean, I this one they, probably yeah. does it more than anything. I don't know what a kid would. I don't know. I don't know how they'd interpret it necessarily up to like a a certain age. Yeah, like a six year old just looks up. Dad, is this why you cry at night? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, Dad, I like all the, the floaty blue things and the, the pirate <laughs> shit, but what's this man doing playing his piano? Why is he sad? <laughs> yeah, why why is his whole of you so depressing? You know, him <laughs> sat on the bus. <laughs> yeah. I've had the same thing whether a child would understand the, the subject matter. But then then I just thought, am I being like unfair on kids? Because. Are you saying that? There's a lot of other deep. Uh, there are a lot of other deep child films there so yeah i've not seen too many i don't know if it's just recent... me like underestimating <laughs> yeah. i've not seen too many of the recent like pixar things because i know like was that inside out as well that was quite yeah this this reminds me of that quite a lot yeah well i was thinking of um all the like studio ghibli ones as well you know like 
Princess Mononoko and they're spirited away. I'm thinking how like dark and weird they are, but kids still tend to love them. So, mm. are they also like? Is, is that not like a visual element? Whereas this one, like you said, it's there's there's two parts to it. So the other ones that you mentioned, then they're quite like cartoony, whereas this is quite you know quite like based on realism. And then you've got the breakout point where it goes back to what I think they do with the inside out. And that's the really colorful cutesy element. I don't know. Again, is, is the kids look that deep into the films? Mm. Well, the, the I, I give you, matter? I'll give you an example. So there's a bit where Joe's in the hall of you with 22 and it's showing his life. And it's all through this dark lens of basically he's achieved nothing. Um, None of it mattered. He were alone, and it's just re- basically reminiscing all these failures. And then later on in the film, there's the revelation. After he's played with Ophelia Williams and the band, and everything. Spoiler alert! He then looks back on his life, and particularly the moments he was with Twenty Two, and he realizes actually, life's not about having a purpose. Life's about all the little things. And then he sees everything again, like he sees himself on train again, and everything. But mm. rather than looking sad, he's all happy. Like, you know, and it's almost that thing of you've got to enjoy the small things in life. It's not about gold. It's not all about living your dream and chasing goals. And I was just thinking, is it this is too deep for a child? There's no <laughs> way, is there? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. A child's like, yeah, I can't wait to get a new Nerf gun. Or, you know, I can't oh, wait to um, braid my hair with his new gems and that. I don't know what kids do. <laughs> I'm, I'm nearly 30. I don't know. <laughs> These kids are that time I got cheese. <laughs> yeah, Tamagotchi's man. Kids, kids these days are on iPads. Kids these days are on iPads downloading porn. I don't know what to do. They're all crazy. They're on streets with knives and that. You know what I mean? Well, past kids these days on way to the shop. They don't want pick a mix. They want you to get a bottle of vodka. Crazy. <laughs> don't you find that in this film, unlike something like Inside Out and especially Toy Story, um, there's no like toy line element. I don't know if the characters in the the Great Beyond would be sufficient enough, but. I've always felt like designs and stuff previously, in order to ground it for kids and stuff, there's always been that attraction of being like, oh, I want Joe as a toy, but I don't I don't think you get that from Soul. And that's where I no, think it's, not very it's a far more... There'll nah. be some plush 22s around, I reckon. Yeah, but that, with what you guys were, were touching on then, I don't think that kind of, this film resonates in that way. And that's why I think oh, it is definitely a, a, like a more of a step towards an an adult-focused film that you just kind of have your kids in, but they aren't as engaged. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, 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 it, it seems heavily loaded with the things for adults because, I mean, like, when, when 22 is going through, like, the list of mentors that she's had in um, in the youth oh, the seminar, and, you know, Mother Teresa, and you've got um, some famous psychologist, and it's just, I can't even remember what half of them were, but there's just no way that, Majority of kids would get those references. So Muhammad Ali as well. Is that one? Yeah, yeah, Muhammad, Muhammad that one. Ali. Um, <laughs> he throws down the gloves. Oh, is, is there a famous, were a famous French woman who were beheaded or something? I'm trying to think. There were loads. <laughs> Marie Antoinette. Yeah, so yeah, you know what I mean. We're struggling. <laughs> we're struggling <laughs> with these names. So there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of things that are obviously directed out. You know, 
it makes it it makes it a great watch. Well, I guess it's strange when you think about it being a kids' film. Yeah, but then a I think. It, but then it's a talking cat, so it's then it's a kids' film. Oh yeah. yeah, but then again, the cat the cat is not desirable. No offense, Sam, but I'm just saying. Um, like, it's all right. I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like the the design of it is just it's it's not something that again you could see um being or lending itself well to merchandise but still a very funny character though and i think the way that they've done that um but we'll come on to that uh, i thought that was a very smart move i've got here then um so moving past curly um i did get a point about the the drumming reminds me of whiplash um and then it gets that feel good competition uh, composition where he's um He's got the gig, um, and then, like you said, this kind of leads to the the next plot point where he uh, he takes the little tumble down the drain. Yeah, I think that that's good. I think that's one of my favourite parts of the film when uh, when Joe finds out he's got the gig to play for that Dorothy Williams, and then he comes out and he's so excited, and oh. uh, just the just the whole transition of him leaving the club. It's that it's that the, first thing that he says. You see that, Dad? And he's looking up, and then then it starts, doesn't it? Yeah, starts and he walks. He walks through the construction yard of the bricks nearly falling him. <laughs> then he walks past the grocery store and there's just twenty nine banana peels on 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 pavement. Then he walks through traffic and everything. It's just that that whole thing of um, you, you're expecting something to get him, but they just build up that little little bit of a comedy element just before he falls down manhole. Mm. Yeah, my favorite it's... part of the film is where he dies as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dark. Yeah, he's he's off to the great beyond, but then he he walks back. See, I, I like that bit in terms of the the design and and how that bit plays out in terms of him landing there, and then it's kind of like, oh crap, they've killed him! Like the main characters died, and we're only like ten minutes in. Yeah, the traveller to the afterlife. Yeah, but then it's like it's the other character that he meets, and he's like, why are you running back? And then they were like, huh, I don't know. And it's only him that's realised that it's like it's, it's come too soon. Yeah, that's a great design with the music and everything going up there. Yeah, escalator okay. to the graveyard. The graveyard. Yeah, it has like that echoing single note, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. and then I also love like the the kind of moth flying into like an electric zap when they they actually oh. go into the white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really nice touch. <laughs> they become stars. They become stars in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it it did really well to keep any kind of religion out of it. Yeah, it's so for neutral. the most part, so uh, neutral, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what you mean after that bit when he just that section, or do you mean like in terms of what the like the overseers? What were they called now? The Jerry's. Yeah, Jerry I mean, Jerry's. I mean, I mean, I mean, all of it. I mean. That bit as well. I, d- I did think for a second though, like Stairway to Heaven kind of thing. Ooh. But then it's much more like um, kind of like universal. Kind yeah, it's, it's, it's universal so that basically any religion could if your yeah. kids are watching it and you're, and you're bringing them up a certain religion, you can almost apply it and mould it to your beliefs and then make it that makes it acceptable, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's rather than it just being more cultures. rather than like having pearly gates and it's definitely Christianity or whatever or or whatever it's it, 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 it yeah, yeah I agree I thought they do, they've done it in a really really marketable way yeah 
you know what I mean? It's all about all about that kind. But then I liked it as well because it, it didn't feel like freaky at all. Yes. Yeah. It was more about the wonder of what's after. Yeah. Also yeah, as well, like, like the whole interpretation. Yeah. I think the interest interest interesting interpretation is they create the whole concept of before life. Everybody talks about afterlife. Mm. This whole film has this whole new concept of this is what happens before your soul comes into existence, which is obviously it's all comical, but I thought just for the basis of a story, that was quite a, quite a nice little twist. Yeah. Um, I also well, I like just that line where he's um, he's with the kids and he's trying to, you know, he's he's trying not to say certain words and he's like, oh, you know, is this H E double hockey sticks? And the kids were like, hell. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's just, it's all the exchanges between the Jerry's. Jerry, hi, Jerry, yes, hello. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Why has everyone got the same name? But My, fa- my favourite line in um, when they're in the youth seminar is when they're saying, you know, um, each soul has its own individual personality. And it's like, it, it turns to one of them and, and she's, it's like, like a little girl's voice. And she's like, oh. You know, I'm a manipulative megalomaniac. <laughs> and he's like, this one's going to be a handful. <laughs> I'm sure one of the characters are well shortly after. Um, and then he just says, ah, well, that's Earth's problem. Like, once they've, once they've set him up with the, all the personalities and they've got the spark, it's like they push him over edge and they've got the past to go back down to Earth. And they're like, right, they're out of here. We've shipped them. There's no coming back until they, uh, they pass away a few years later. Yeah, it's it's often the little details and little like small lines in these Pixar films that you know that makes them so good. Oh yeah, there's a a bit in the Hall of You when Twenty Two is looking at Joe's life, and um, she says, "You know, you know, breath spray and cheap cologne." And I don't know if you saw what the cologne was called, but it was called Nut Rogue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> did not see that is that was that his like um the, the stuff that was on the pedestal for him for yeah joe. yeah it, yeah yeah for joe it like pops up and she breath first thing she and... see yeah yeah it was like breath spray and then this and then cheap cologne and i like just saw that the cologne was called nut rogue and i was like <laughs> somebody's having a laugh here <laughs> i like as well when they're in that um that main section. I don't know if it was that youth seminar, but the um, the Jerry that's there and introducing the kids or the numbers um, to their mentors. And he's like, right. Um, he has the argument with 22, like, oh, 22. And then no one appears. Then he has to like drop down underneath the, the main floor, the main stage. And then they have like a little rattle before he comes back up. And I just thought, oh, that is just so, I don't know. I'm not a parent, but like, I can imagine that resonating with parents and, just looking at each other and being like, oh man, they've just hit the, like, hit the nail on the head. Um, it's just another comedy moment that adults would get. And I just think it would probably overlook the kids and stuff, but just another um, like quality comedy element. Yeah, because I guess all these all these films are sold to two audiences and they're sold to kids, but they're, but they're primarily sold to the adults because the adults are the ones that buy the tickets in cinema. The adults are the ones that will pick, you know, to pay for Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. So they have to hit both nails on the head, and they have to make these films bearable for adults to keep getting those those viewer numbers. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but I assume that's how it works in the in the Disney Evil Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I got one here where um, it's probably one that won't 
um, like kind of uh, stand the test of time. But when it cuts to the, um, oh, and the Knicks lose another one. And I was just like, no, I don't follow basketball sports. So it's just completely lost on me. Oh, when they're in the zone and, and 22 says she's been messing with that one team. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there were a couple of others where it just kind of like touched on them and it's like, oh, these are funny and relevant maybe to like American audience or if you follow that particular sport. But I'm just thinking, oh, further down the line, the um, the meetings with the mentors from the past and that history lesson with like Muhammad Ali, et cetera, those will still be great and hold up. But then I feel like a couple of the ones just don't quite land. Yeah, I'm guessing they're like, the the Knicks must be on like a, a, a particular streak of not being able to secure a championship, whatever. And I guess, like you yeah. say, if if, if ever that ever changes, then the joke kind of doesn't land. But yeah, apart from that, they were just yeah, I just thought there was some really cool elements setting that um, section up for twenty two to meet uh, Joe as a as a mentor. Yeah, I quite I quite liked um, in the beginning in the opening scene when Joe's um, teaching the band at the school and like you said, he, he, he takes over and he goes on the piano and he starts describing his first time in a jazz club and he's playing like this really mesmerising um, set of notes on piano and it's just playing and playing and playing. And he's talking about basically going into the zone and then he, he turns to that to that Connie, <laughs> the little girl, and he's like, you understand, don't you? She's like, nah, I'm 12. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like 2D, I don't get yeah. it. Which is basically the entire film. <laughs> yeah. For, for the kids' perspective, like she's yeah. she represents them like, nah, I'm too young for this, but carry on. The music sounds good. One section I didn't right. get then. So you've had the intro um and showing him as the uh, middle school teacher, been given his big break that he's been looking forward to for like the most of you know, most of his life that he's he's just been really excited to do. And then it's kinda like stripped from him. So the film then becomes uh, a mission for him to get back into his body. Um, and I didn't realise it was going to be a body swap. Like, that completely caught me off guard. Like, I'd not seen any real trailers for this, and I knew there was a cat in it, but I just thought, oh, maybe it's a bit like Inside Out, or um, the there was another one um, like the where it's based in, like, South, in Mexico or something, and it's talking about the... Um, okay. So ah, yeah. No, of course. <laughs> yeah, Pixar, Pixar's Narcos, yeah, season one, one to three. The kids really don't get that one. Yeah, <laughs> on the drug running. Just right? really, yeah, about the the rise of the marijuana trade and then the cartels, and obviously there's a lot of like buttery going on and stuff. But <laughs> see, I just wonder what that cat would play, uh, what part it'd be in, in the film. And I, I, yeah, I don't know about anybody else if you knew if you'd read up about it before, but then I was like, holy crap, I they're doing a body swap. Like this is awesome for a Pixar film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this uh, is... sorry, go on, but... uh, I was just going to say this is where I started to find the story gets a bit scattered with it switching between the kind of different um, realms each time. I don't know if oh, anyone else find like, that. Um... I find out. I thought like the film was going to be all right. He's a he's a soul now, and he's got to teach twenty two. And then I thought it all be in the great before, but then it goes. Then he goes back to the real world where the body swapped. And then I thought, all right, so this is going to be the film now where the kind of body swapped. Mm. But then it, then it goes back into the great before. I thought, Isn't I, I found because the story it gets a bit, I just oh. found the story a bit scattered sometimes and I never, I never felt like it settled in one place. 
No, Ben, you missed the point. See, <laughs> 22 has to experience real life. 22 can't, can't get the spark for life without that real experience because it's all about teaching, not 22, but teaching Joe to value those little moments in life. You hear yeah, what I'm saying? It's not that. End you hear goal. what I'm saying? But, well, I'm just saying it's a bit of a flow system then it's great before if you have to experience real life. No, is a unique soul. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's tried you know, many times. Everybody's tried many times, but 22 needs to just experience life. And Joe needs to realize that it doesn't need all these extravagant things in life. It just needs to enjoy being locked down in his house <laughs> for three months <laughs> while COVID runs run, rampant. Anyway. <laughs> We this this section with the body swap then so when that first happens and the like, surprise hits you and it's like oh crap this is what it's going to be like but yeah I kind of get what you mean Ben it's, I didn't think there was too much to in and fro in but um, I think it does get a bit forward, like backwards and forwards later on um, but this I particular this section end, yeah. it does yeah I kind of agree then it would get a bit sky but this bit I particularly enjoyed I loved how um, Joe was the cat and just things that you'd expect to work and her not being able to use Joe's body and everything's just becoming just absolute chaos everywhere they go. But um, yeah, it just had some really good moments and, oh, and then as well, just touching on the um, visually spectacular, um, it looked absolutely awesome. Like the lighting materials and stuff, like really, really well done. All that real world stuff, I think, yeah. does look amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that's the first time you've mentioned animation because it is... I... It is. <laughs> Amazing. The start first, when, thought... when he's in that, um, he's, at the start, I think Joe's wearing like a cardigan top, like a yes. woolly cardigan top. And you can see, and you, can see you can see every wobbly. strand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. Insane. I think it's, it's like skin textures, but then the lighting of the room feels quite realistic, even though it's got that cartoony edge and everything. It's almost yeah. like the world feels real, like materials, lighting, um, like with, when they're outside with the trees and stuff and all the concrete and everything. But then then it's just kind of made slightly surreal with, you know, exaggerated character models, vehicles, and all the stuff that you'd expect from an animated film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess from a kid's point of view, they wouldn't notice, but um, yeah, it, it's it's like really, really well done. As you'd expect from Pixar, but yeah, they still pull it out of the bag every time. Yeah. Well, I watched um, Onward, um as well, which is also on Disney Plus at the uh, right now, um, and yeah, and the the style differences between the two, like I can imagine kids being more like attracted to Onward than Soul from a visual point of view because of the Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft element, um, you know, brighter color palette and stuff, and everything's far more fantastical. Um, but yeah, it's between. I mean, I think Onward came out two thousand eighteen. Maybe nineteen. No, it was twenty twenty, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it was out. It was I'm out sure when I... during during COVID. Was it? Yeah, it was a new release. Yeah, time oh, isn't progress normal anymore. It, it was. It was a. Uh, it was a Disney <laughs> Plus release, looked... wasn't it? Well, I, th- I thought it came to the cinemas. That's why it had been out. But, um, but yeah, what I'm saying is, yeah, basically, just um, yeah, the, the style differences between the two. Um, this one's just far more grounded in realism. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a lot more adult theme, isn't it? It's, you know, it's a film about a, about a jazz musician. You know, like onwards, like you say, it's about two elf brothers, isn't it? It's, and and the styles, 
lean towards each subject matter and then reinforce it and build it. Yeah. You know, that, like you say, the the whole thing in, in Soul, how each character's, like certain characteristics are, um, are, are like um, exaggerated. The drummer's like so broad-chested and so shoulders are so wide. And then Joe is, is almost made to look really lanky and skinny. And yeah. his clothes are like, obviously, almost reflect his like, dampened soul as it were but just to go back onto the body swapping thing just for a second one of the, one of my favorite bits is when um joe's inside the cat's body and all the doctors walk in and he's like <laughs> you've got to help me i'm trapped inside this cat's body while she's inside my body and then they just look and then it just cuts to their version and the cat's just going <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna think i'm crazy shut up <laughs> And then likewise, when 22 says to Joe, you know, she like, uh, like lifts Joe's arm and says, why does this smell? And then points it back at me <laughs> and says, but why doesn't this smell? Like knee pit versus armpit. Awesome. Like, that is so good. I like as well, it cut forward a little bit. So they've kind of like, she's figured out how to walk and get out of the hospital. So they're on the street. Um, and then he knows that he loves pizza and 22 will enjoy the fact that <laughs> he's provided that because at the minute she doesn't understand until she experiences it firsthand. So as a cat, Joe runs off to grab the, the slice of pizza and it's just this awesome little cut to his paw coming up and, and grabbing that slice. But it's that it's that pause where the mouse is dragging a slice and he's dragging a slice. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, but they should be like attacking each other, but they just pause and like have a little bit of peace and then both look at each other like, this ain't right, but let's carry on. Love that. Yeah, so good. And the bit when they're in the like when they're in the elevator, oh. and, and and the lights reflecting off of, uh, of like Joe's watch, or whatever, and, and like yeah. Joe the cat can't glasses. resist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's that bit where um, the student comes back over to his apartment, and at this point she's realizing like, oh, she's about to give up, but that that kid kind of gives her a new lease of life. She's giving twenty two a new lease of life, um, and like, uh, yeah, the, the kind of an interest to continue as within joe's body so joe's as a cat he's like oh you know what's what's what is it now and the kid knocks on the door and she's like oh i'm gonna go speak to her. i'd rather hang out with her anyway and then joe's like what like angry runs up to the door and then puts his clothes underneath and just scratches <laughs> scratches up woodwork and she goes to 22 as joe she's like oh i think your cat really wants to get outside and then it cuts to joe was the cat inside the room and he goes oh screw this i'm gonna scratch up the sofa and it's just like, and then he realizes, no, no, it's, it's my silver stop. <laughs> yeah, straight up, love straight it. up cats, straight up cats. <laughs> Seems like, friend, that you enjoyed uh, enjoyed all the bits that were for the kids most. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't, laughs> it's just cats. Cats are just funny. <laughs> But I, I just love I love their way of doing humor. Like and um yeah, just it, it's just great. I think it's, it's it's just very well done. Yeah, I think um just even even the bit where um Joe's trying to cut his own hair but with a cat <laughs> yeah, I've got this one. Yeah. 
And in, when he's, when they when they first walk into that barber shop, and it's so good. And, they, and the barber's like, "Hey, Joe, you're gonna have to sit down. You didn't make an appointment." And then he takes his hat. He's, like, he's like, "Whoa, Joe, this is amazing!" Yeah. Everyone in there's like, "Ooh, <laughs> yeah." It's just that nose, and he's like, "Ooh, like that, that, that little, like almost like it's painful to see that that absolute <laughs> tragedy." Damn, he's he's messed up his hair. But yeah, then um, <laughs> when he's sat in the chair, or when twenty two sat in the chair, and it's like, "Oh, damn!" Like. I feel all powerful. Um, and then uh, Barbara's like, do we really need the cat? And 20, <laughs> Joe is the cat's like, yeah, make sure I sit on this lap. You know, I, I want to stay here and that. And then um, it's cut into Barbara and all his hearing is just me. <laughs> 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 he's trying to tell, he's trying to tell 22, like, don't talk. <laughs> don't make him think I'm weird. Yeah, that'd be so good. And Barbara's like, you know, I've, I'm, I'm all for some weird stuff. But <laughs> this cat don't calm yeah. down. <laughs> And it's meow, meow. <laughs> Gets the lollipop as well oh. out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, then 22 goes on the old um, telling telling the uh, the life story of being in like the youth seminar, the before, and, and everybody oh, and in there's like taking it as a metaphor mesmerized. for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great bit. Yeah, and even I think like as the... well. Um... Sorry, man. Oh, no, no, what are you saying? I was just going to say that that guy who um, says, like, oh, Joe, you, you know. You're a dreamer, you're nothing and everything. And then twenty two says like, Oh, he's only saying that because he, he's hiding his own his own pain and his own failures. And mm. that guy just as he's leaving barbershops like, damn Joe, you cut deep and it's just like <laughs> this entire film cuts deep. <laughs> yeah, I like him as well when that finishes. Um and Joe, as a cat, looks at his his self, um, with twenty two controlling his body and then just reflecting on it and like almost seeing what his life could be like if he just himself took a step back and just, you know, enjoyed more things. Because the, the way the barber kind of finishes and says, like, damn, Joe, like, I love talking about jazz, but it was cool that, like, you know, you brought something else today and it's like he wasn't yourself. Yeah, because there's, there's more to life than jazz. Because <laughs> there's more to life than that one thing you're chasing. You've got to enjoy the little things. But I'll tell you now, and this part of the podcast is very specific to the one and only barbershop I go to. <laughs> Them guys, you know what I mean? If Joe went to this barbershop I go to, they're slapping tobacco spray on your head. Nobody <laughs> wants to smell like tobacco spray. <laughs> they're doing all sorts. I mean, sh- it, it, they're trimming your moustache and all sorts without you asking. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all a, the extras, all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's a stressful experience. You know, I enjoy the little part where they cut my hair and then I wish it'd stop, but these guys, these guys are always trying to trim you up, man. Yeah, you've always got a tail every time you come out of that barber's. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, like I say, last time he stroked my face and he was touching my cheeks and stuff, and I was just like, what? Part of the haircut involves you stroking my cheeks. Anyway, it's got no to do with it, but Joe's barber's looked a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, your, your personal experience isn't as good as Joe's. No, Joe's is, Joe's is the, that's the one. I feel, yeah, I feel for Joe. I think for me, it's a, it's a, you know, in and out job. There's no, no small talk, no time for it. Just, you know, no, no great community feel. All the people listening and everything. But you know, what this particular, this? sorry, <laughs> this particular hairdresser's no, <laughs> no, no, not the ones we go to. But following this scene, there's that really great scene where Terry from Terry who counts the souls going to the afterlife. Oh, yeah. 
pulls pulls this that random guy into the void, thinking it's oh, thinking this it's is the darkest bit of the film. Yeah, and it just pulls pulls this random dude into the void, and it separates his soul from his body, and his body's floating in oh, the abyss. Oh man, that is that is dark. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so... how kids interpret that bit, but I, I was shocked. I was just shocked. I was like, damn, this has been like a pretty good feel, like a feel good film up to this yeah. point. But then it just took a complete <laughs> left turn. Um, still cool. Like I love how um, Terry the rat kind of morphs or, or, or kind of introduces himself into the world. So like he's the street sign, and he's almost this like little blip in between the um, the guttering on bricks and stuff. I thought that was that was quite smart. Oh yeah, and um, like uh, even that bit after after Terry brings that guy's back, body and soul back from the void onto Earth, and he's just he like merges himself around a potato chip, and he's like. You know, if you, oh. carry, if you carry on with this processed food, you will go. Yes. <laughs> the processed food message. Yeah. <laughs> if if there's one bit of the film where Pixar and the creators do preach, it's it's processed foods, and it's this particular scene. Yeah, only this scene though, because they hammer pizza in the other scenes. It's not like these, <laughs> not like these guys are kicking health kick, are they? Like, you know, pizza's different though, isn't it? It's like food for the soul. It's just, it's just, yeah. Hashtag so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I got a point here about Joe finally enjoying life through somebody else, um, but I can't remember what happened there. Um, well, Joe the cat sees 22 in his body playing with the railing, with the air vent, all those things. Oh, and then he, then he squats and he rips the, the suit. <laughs> he squats <laughs> and splits his pants and he's like, damn, <laughs> cover the ass. I mean, the whole thing, the whole relationship with Joe and his mother, again, I don't know how much kids would get that mm. whole dynamic of a parent not wanting ah. the kid to follow the dreams because they want them to be financially secure because they've grown up themselves not financially secure. And but, just this whole thing. And then the, then the later on, the acceptance of, you know, you do need to follow your dreams and he's your dead dad's suit. It's just... I mean, that was deep. But deep. I think they kind of... The juxtaposition there is the you've got the family element which applies and appeals to adults, but then you've got those two older women which almost act as like either a grandma or an auntie. Um and they're the comic relief. So the kids will be like, Ah, oh. you know, when he asks, when he kisses her, but or twenty two as Joe kisses one of them. But it's it's not on the cheek, it's fully <laughs> fully on the lips. So you're just thinking, Oh man, you know, when I go around to my grandparents, yeah, it's super awkward. But um yeah, I thought I completely get that, yeah. I think that there's some other elements there where, um, like the undertones and stuff in that section that kids just wouldn't get, but us as adults kind of like completely resonate with. Yeah, has that nice transition from like switching perspectives of the voice once it, it like does that oh, shot where it yeah, comes around the back of uh, his mum's yeah, head that's and a good one. The, the voice is switched, so it's, yeah. Like yeah, so like, because they don't do it that often as well, so it's not confusing, I guess, for a younger audience to be like, why does the voice keep switching? But yeah, and it's almost like, yeah, introduced in a way that when it does split in perspective, that it's like easier for them to like absorb. But um, yeah, it's a really good part. I thought that was really cool. I've got a question for you. Later on, Joe, they they end up back at the youth seminar, um, because Terry finally finally gets hold of them. And then Joe, shame, shamefully, uses the Earth badge that Twenty Two gives him and returns to Earth. And I guess is this the part where Joe's a bit of a dickhead because 
he actually selfishly goes back to Earth and he goes and plays his gig with Dorothea Wilkin, Williams. You know, yeah. he goes and plays piano and he enjoys the whole thing that he set out to do without even once considering 22 until after the event. This is the bit that gets me. After, after he's finished playing piano and he's actually fulfilled his dream, he then goes, oh yeah, what about 22? That's yeah. what uh, she says about um, a fish looking for the ocean, but it's sort of, he's already in the water. So yeah, even though he's but reaching for it, it's his pinnacle. It's, it's not enough for him. This is the classic Pixar thing, though, isn't it? So the, the main like protagonist has got to make a mistake and then rectify it. So Joe's, the whole plot has led to this. Like the whole point of the story has been like, right, Joe is going to fulfill his lifelong dream of playing beside um, that band. Um, and that's going to fulfill his soul, like, and his just soul purpose. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's the realisation that actually he's screwed 22 over. And then the plot shifts again and we go back and forth from the great beyond. And then he's, he's just got to, He's got to fix it, correct his mistake, and then end on a positive. Yeah, and I guess one thing that's frustrating is when he decides to rectify his mistake, it's so much easier to get his soul into this, into the spiritual afterlife or the spiritual before. He just goes on piano and realises that he can then go from the zone into the thing because he's kind it, of, it is, it's, yeah. it's, you know, the plot required it. There's a lot of plot required it's towards it. Yeah. I've got that, yeah. Plot convenience of getting to the happy place uh, in the real world and then in the zone, yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah. Oh, and also having the um, sign-spinning guy just yeah. on that street as well that's that's just conveniently like just a couple of blocks away from the gig place and it's like... Yeah, uh, no one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's when I thought it was... Yeah, it, it sped up very quickly towards that end bit just for... Yeah, like the ghost. Because uh, at this that. point, it kind of like... It was just a, a nice... It felt like it had a steady pace and then similar to what you've just said, Dan and, and Ben earlier. Um, this is where, yeah, it gets a bit sky. Do you know what I've just remembered as well? I, I completely put it in my nose and we've kind of, we've kind of drifted past it, but there's the great bit when um, Joe 22 joined Moonwind and the other spiritualists in, in, the, in that plane where the zone... Mm. And they, they talk about the lost souls, and then there's the great bit where where the, the lost souls chasing uh, Joe and 22, and then they kind of like wrangle it and they say, you know, we, we need to release this lost soul. Oh, look, it's another hedge fund manager. <laughs> <laughs> they free the soul, and it's just that guy like typing away at his desk. And then when they drop the soul in, and it just lands in, and he just goes, I'm alive, and just like smashing his desk up. <laughs> Another thing that, like, would kids get the whole being, you know, your soul's being killed by your nine-to-five office job? Probably not, but for adults, that is so funny. Yeah. One that we can all relate to. <laughs> I like the line as well. If you... <laughs> The one, if you just rewind back to when Joe um, unintentionally has to visit his mom to get the suit fixed, but then gets the upgrade. Um the line that his mom says where she says, you can't eat your dreams for breakfast. I was just like, oh, damn. She's clearly never tried um, you know, golden nuggets. <laughs> them, them they are the dream. They are the dream. There's more sugar in them than there is in the world. They just condensed it all into one nugget. Dreamy, <laughs> dreamy golden nuggets. Oh, rad. They, they give you diabetes. They are the dream. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I, I kind of run out of notes, but um, 
Oh, also, so just, I don't know how, again, kids would interpret this part, but when they go back and um, 22 has um, almost gone into like a little like the depressive state where she becomes that creature um, and then it's down to Joe to kind of break down those barriers and then release her and then do the whole earth pass and, and give her a, give her a spark um, and, and a soul. Um, she's in the, like the holding area where all the Jerry's are and she's throwing children, like just plucking up souls yeah. and just chunking them like weapons. I was like, what? This is, I get this is a kid's film, but damn, what does that mean? I mean, I think it. I think it establishes earlier that they can't get hurt, can they? And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. But still, and then they are all like laughing. It's, a, it's when an she's odd message. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I get, let me ask you, you guys another question. When Joe um, gives twenty two the Earth Pass, and then suddenly the plot, the plot required that he be able to get there through the zone, but he somehow can't go back through the zone. Mm. Did you Did you feel that moment of sadness when you thought? You know, my God, they've killed Joe off again. And you see him on that travel here. Because part of me thought, this is how they're going to end it. They're going to end it with him dying. I thought they were turned to, yeah. Nah. That would have Pixar, been Pixar couldn't the perfect it. ending. And then they cop out. Yeah, they pans it out. Cop, cop out big style. Yeah. They, yeah. They, the they, they, they couldn't have a cinema full of crying kids. So they just... So that, and you know what? It's... I'm glad they did because I didn't want to cry at home. <laughs> <laughs> this one didn't get me though. No tears from this one. I'll be honest. Nah. Onward did the, I, uh, you know, onward got me. The sibling brothery thing and the whole uh, that was too much. Weeping, weeping like a little child. <laughs> but in solo, all I kept thinking is, oh, I wish I had my drum kit still. <laughs> I did think, yeah, I'm sure Sam used to play drums. All I was thinking was, yeah, oh yeah, we got to we got to watch Whiplash's uh, part of this series. So yes, yeah, just another film to make me wish I had my drum kit still. <laughs> but I gave Even up on my dreams, so. people. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam realised he was happy. He was happy. <laughs> you wouldn't matter anyway you, if you, you go by this spark. film. If you go by. Oh, yeah. You're right, Ben. It doesn't matter because in the whole of you is just this moment when I'm sat on the sofa with my headphones, holding it slightly to the side so it doesn't brush against my shirt, talking to you <laughs> fools about so. This is the dream. Enjoying the little things in life. That's, That's it. You gotta, you know, it's, it's about moments of happiness. You know, and sometimes helping others. <laughs> All right, so to summarise them, people. Yeah, I guess I guess it's what do we what are we thinking there? So Sam, we're going to go with you first. Controversial, but uh, I'm what... I'm going to give it an eight point five out of ten. I think it's I think it's thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable, um, very very funny, visually spectacular. I think the only <laughs> reason it's eight point five is I think it's just not quite in that top tier of Pixar. I think it's up. I think it's it's in the second tier down. It's excellent, but probably not that rememberable. Probably not something that I'd think about rewatching for a long time. Mm. Um, but for a first time watch, and also I guess credit's got to be given. Although Disney are, uh, you know, a money making monster that could release stuff in cinemas and support that industry, but they didn't. Um, 
if in, in this time of COVID when there's no new releases, it was a breath of fresh air to see something new. Agreed. That's my that's my review. What about you, Ben? Um I'm somewhere between a, a seven and an eight. I think 7. I think I'll have to go. 5. Yeah, I think I have to go seven point five. Again, I think I think the animation is ridiculously good. Not just like the detail, but like the way the way Joe Pia plays the piano. Yeah. Like I don't think we have mentioned that, but it's almost like it could have been motion captured. Like it's so good. Yeah. Um. I think the story is really deep and interesting. Um, I do, I do think it is. I mean, I don't watch too many animated films to be honest. I haven't really seen any of the ones you've been talking about, like Onward or Inside Out. Um, but I did really enjoy it. I just, I just felt like it was just missing, maybe just something to make it really special. But mm. I can, I can say what that is. There's something that would make you want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I, I just felt like there was, there was just something stopping it from becoming the, like a really top-tier animated film. Like when when I, th- I think about like Toy Story and stuff and Finding Nemo yeah. for the top-tier ones, Molly. And do, I, don't do know, think... I don't know if it's because I found the story a bit scattered. Um, yeah. Do you think as well that Soul is quite niche in terms of it doesn't say that it's about jazz specifically. So, yeah. Um, but when it opens and then you realize oh, I, his love for jazz and yeah. I'm guessing the director and whatnot, but um, it, that, that deters you slightly. So when you talk about Toy Story, everybody grew up with toys in some shape or form. So everyone will always have that link, whereas not everyone's interested in jazz. I think it would it's, be hard it's, to it's describe di- this. I don't know. I think it's difficult. The, the the nostalgia filter you've got to remember. All, all those all those ones Ben just listed. I see through through the the the, the nostalgia filter, and even Wally for like being the later one, mm. still was probably an age where it can where it can have that filter. Because like I think Onward is better than Soul in terms. Of, I think it it just it's more well rounded. And probably not so adult oriented, but I doubt that I'd, I'd still look back on that one in the same way that I would Toy Story and Finding Nemo. But again, it's just an age thing, isn't it? You, those films are, mm. however old now, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and kids watching these films now, seeing the Onward, the Spies in Disguise, the Inside Out, the Soul, they'll mm. they'll watch these films fifteen, twenty times. They'll hammer them, hammer them all through the childhood, and then they'll stick in their heads. So you know, it's yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe to other generations, and maybe to a young jazz musician who doesn't know it yet. <laughs> this is the film, like Dan. <laughs> What's I, I, it? I thought the um, I thought the jazz actually suited the film and the oh, topic think, of the film. Yeah, I, even I even though I'm not a massive jazz fan, I don't dislike it, but I won't say I'm a fan either. But I just I just thought the jazz really suited, kind of like the New York setting and the and the top the, oh, the afterlife topic absolutely. of the film. Yeah. Um. The, the the thing I thought that would make a difference was whether you actually play an instrument or not, and that's why I was going to ask Sam if um. Oh if, yeah, if so actually, you mean like us three that don't. Yeah, that don't really, play instruments, and then you've got then one thought, that doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And do they have a different kind of like yeah um like 
reaction and thought to the film. The only thing that I would say is that I, I, I noticed the use of music very clearly all the way through the film. And the guy who taught me to play drums um, was a jazz drummer, not like a rock drummer. <laughs> like he told me to play like rock rock beats, but he played jazz drums. And I remember watching him play the drums when he did like jazz fusion. And it was just so... so it, it is that moment where Joe's playing the piano and he's lost in the zone. He used to just he used to just say, "Oh, I'll just show you this," and then ten minutes later, he'd stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> he he was lost. Yeah, he was, he was on that pirate ship chilling. <laughs> and it wasn't that you minded if because if you like like I was into the drums, like you're watching it and you're just like in absolute awe of what he's doing. But also as well, like he just it's almost like he forgot I were in room with. Him. <laughs> so like I, that's the that's he will the, do because um, he was on yeah. the pirate ship. Yeah, that was it. He was in the zone. Graham <laughs> <laughs> Norton. <laughs> well what about you then Dan what's your, what's your verdict yeah I think I, I echo those thoughts I think I'll give it an 8 um, yeah I think it got slightly rushed towards the end but I loved all the bits that were planted back on earth just thought they all looked amazing the whole New York setting the musicality to it as well thought all that was great but yeah just just those bits towards the end did get a bit bit rushed and yeah that that ending was understandably a bit of a a bit of a cop out but yeah get why they did it and it does make me want to go and watch some of those other more recent pixar films that you guys have mentioned but i've I've not seen sort of inside out onwards just to see what see what they're like really because i think those sort of shifted in the way they do things a little bit to slightly more deeper and serious meanings. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think that with this one. Um, yeah. Cause the ones that you've just mentioned there, I mean, inside out, it's one that I was looking forward to because I've not seen Pixar film for ages, but then I just, for me personally, I just left super disappointed and it weren't, it's not a film that I'd ever think about returning to just didn't, I don't know if it was the character designs or just the premise. I was just like, nah, I'm out. I'd rather it just be, I don't know. There's just something about it that I didn't like, but then, when you mentioned onward, Sam, I was like, ah, oh, I, I want to see this because the that sibling aspect. Um, and then didn't realize about how grounded in World of Warcraft it was. And then when Soul came out, I was like, oh, well, this feels like a completely different direction. Um, and being focused on jazz and stuff. And I just, oh, I wonder how they're going to implement that. And, um, and then as predictably so, like Pixar nailed it with the, like the believability that Joe as a character could actually play that keyboard and it weren't, rushed in keyboard? that respect. Keyboard? Uh, keyboard? Piano. <laughs> <laughs> the piano, not the keyboard. Um, I don't play instruments. Is they is um, playing them them keyboards that we used to have in school that used to have that bone where you used to press it and you used to go, DJ, DJ, Demo. DJ. Plus I like a pre-made beat. Yeah. <laughs> it's good oh, to know that yeah, awesome. we, we grew up 100 miles or so apart that that DJ button is just... <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you go around the country uh, Dan used to just play in the old fields of corn <laughs> um, one thing I would say if you've got Disney Plus you know watch Soul watch Onward for definite and then I would recommend watching Spies in Disguise as Spies in Disguise is the complete opposite to Soul where I think it's just more it's so light hard it's so silly it's it's funny and it doesn't have any of that deep element. I think Onward has a little bit of the deep emotional side, 
but especially also, that ending. Yeah, the especially the ending. So so that ending that that does tug on you. But so, so there's no like cop out in Onward. The Onward was like a proper. It almost like started as a kid film and then ended adult, whereas yeah. Soul is the opposite. Yeah, I think. Let's not talk too much about Onward because I think that'd be a good one to to do a review of on a later episode. So yep. good, yeah, so cool. good. What's your rating, Fran? Um, oh, uh, it's an eight, eight out of ten. I think, yeah, from a technical point of view, it's it's yeah, it's obviously the best that they've they've done so far. Um, and we've already discussed that. Um, and yeah, I was quite surprised just by how much I actually enjoyed it. I think I echo what you said, Sam, about um, it was just good on Christmas Day. I've watched it twice now. Um, so I watched it on on Christmas Day when um, with the the house family, um, you know, not breaking any COVID rules. And um, we just in case you're listening, Boris, <laughs> we we enjoyed it. I, I, I particularly, yeah, I just thought it was it's just so well done. And like Jamie Fox as as Joe, and like his voice went, it was just perfect for the character. I still um, just can't believe Jamie Foxx were on Gold Digger with Kanye West. <laughs> I know it's got no to do with but this is the same what? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx from Django Unchained, Jamie Foxx from Soul, Jamie Foxx yeah. who, she take my money. And you're like, what? Collateral. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? He's just all over the place. Just, just He's just popping up all over the place. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so from a, from a, a technical point of view, amazing. Um, quite enjoyed the story, but now I think, yeah, on reflection... It is that ending that's just a bit like ah, it, it doesn't land quite as well as a film like Onward, for instance. Um, but then I think that it's the body swap element that I just thought was like that was a pleasant surprise. I quite enjoyed the fact that even though we're at home and we could, you know, uh, IMDb the the shit out films and, and find out all you needed to know, I quite liked going in on the, to, into this one not knowing anything at all. Um, and I just thought that was just a, an awesome like comedic moment of them two just stumbling to find who they were and all that kind of stuff in, in New York City. So yes, I thought it was good. Really good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I think that concludes the, the old review of soul. Um, next week's episode is going to be big Dan's pick. What, what have you gone with Dan? Although it's already been mentioned about five times. I think is it are we not doing blood sport? Oh no, you're right. Sorry, I take it I take it all back. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> God damn we it. We can't have two weeks of jazz. We can't have two weeks of jazz. There's not two weeks of jazz. We need to bounce it out with good old fashioned <laughs> <Drums>. violence. <laughs> ben, apologies, brother. It's your pick next blood week. Sport. Blood sport. We can't have we can't have two average films in a row. <laughs> <laughs> We need, we, we, we need, we need, we need to touch the heights. A, we need to go with Apex sometimes. So. We need something with like a 30% rating on <laughs> IMDb. If you, uh, <laughs> if you like denim jeans, you know, the old blue jeans, if you like roundhouse kicking, <laughs> then, then Ben has picked, you know, another great action hero to get into the mix. <laughs> An absolute banger. <laughs> So yeah, Bloodsport. <laughs> ben, what what what's it currently? What can you watch it on currently? Is it on Prime? Uh, no, it's on Netflix. So currently on UK Netflix, um, Bloodsport. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be next, and then following that, we'll have Big Dan's pick, which is just Whiplash. Whiplash, which is on Prime. Great film. 
It might be on both at the minute, but yeah, definitely on Prime. I think I had a quick look and it's it's definitely Prime. Yeah. I, I didn't see it come up on Netflix, so unless that's just been stripped off recently. And then we'll follow that up with my pick, which is uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the old mockumentary vampire comedy. So that's that's it for upcoming episodes. Uh, the usual plugs, follow us on Instagram, Films with Amigos. Twitter, Films Amigos, Facebook, Films with Amigos. We'll have episode announcements on there. You can see some fantastic, lovely film artworks by the old Francois. Um, yeah, and no, I think that's it, isn't it, guys? Anything else to add? Yes, yeah, that's, that's good. Happy New Year and all that. Yeah. Stay safe, people. Goodbye. See you next time. Ta-ra. Adios.